0: live from the ESPN 690 and, and Levine Studios.
1: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane.
0: Hey, welcome in everybody here on a Tuesday of the last week in 2021. And wow, we've got an emotional fan base here in Jacksonville. Not just over being 2 and 13, but now uh, the news last night after our show that came out for me in Rappaport after I said I'd be stunned if uh, Trent Baalke was retained and the Jaguars, at least according to Rappaport, it is just one report still. I think we have to, you know, be honest with ourselves there. Ian Rappaport's very good from the NFL Network, and somebody told him this. And there had been talk over the weekend when we were on the road with the Jacksonville Jaguars in the New York, New Jersey area. I'd heard from several people, and I just quite frankly didn't believe it, that Trent Baalke uh, would be retained as the GM and... Uh, participate in the the next hiring of the head coach. Well, that has sent the fan base into a frenzy. It sent social media into a particular frenzy. And now you really have to wonder, uh, will Trent Baalke actually be the guy even if they thought he could be the guy or should be the guy because of the pushback? Uh, A lot to go here, a lot of different directions. I have a lot of thoughts if you've been following on social media. And I know not everybody does that, but uh, really jumped in on that conversation all the way last night and into today. And and there's just a lot to digest and dissect. And there's a lot of reasons why I think this could be a terrible move for the Jacksonville Jaguars. On top of that, a lot more reports coming out today as now teams can officially start to interview uh, current assistant coaches on other teams if they ask for permission. Well, the Jags have asked for permission for some, according to reports, and there are a lot of names on the list, as many as 10 different names on the Jaguars' list. So this went from last year, Shad Khan saying, I know who I want, I'm getting my guy, and yeah, we're going to do our due diligence, but this guy, somebody's going to have to knock him off the pedestal, and that's Urban Meyer, to now, I'm not sure there's a clear frontrunner, although I do believe there are a couple of no-brainer kind of choices here for the Jaguars to play it safe and get it right. Uh, And so I think it's an easy call, but they are obviously going to do their due diligence in a lot of ways on top of all that uh, Brent Martineau here in Columbus, Ohio. Casey Kurtz back in the Action Sports Shack studios. We will be joined by Tony Khan uh, at the bottom of the hour. Now, this was a planned interview about AEW and a big night they have tomorrow and heading into 2022 and big things happening with the wrestling outfit as well. And, of course, football would uh, be asked a little bit. And so we'll uh, ask Tony, and we appreciate him coming on at the bottom of the hour on a couple of different storylines and fronts. Uh, that is on the way. Hang for it at 3.30 on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN. 690. All right. First things first, though, let's get to uh, we'll get to the coaching stuff in a bit. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of requests. And I think, you know, a lot of the names and you're familiar with a lot of the names the, the big story here is Trent Baalke and what is going on with the Baalke situation uh, and why? Why is the fan base so up in arms? And by the way, Much of the media is, too. Like, I think it's a notable thing, and this isn't like, hey, look at the media. You know, I'm not that guy. But I do think it's pretty notable how much even the local media, but some of the national media, has pounced on this story. And I think the headline thing, I said this yesterday, I've seen other people say it as well, is that this move could hinder the process of hiring the best head coach. From people I've talked to over the last few weeks, if this were to be the case for Trent Bulky, it could hinder who he works with. And let's just take a step back and say, all right, that might not even be a bulky thing, even though it probably is a bulky thing, but let's just say, why are we trying to fit puzzle pieces together instead of having guys in lockstep that are running this organization at the GM and the head coaching position. If you've listened to the show, if you've listened to me at all, you know that's a big thing for me. I think they should do it the way they they did with Gus Bradley and Dave Caldwell. I understand it didn't work. Those were first-time guys in their positions. I get it. But that's not the – what you got to look at is the philosophy of doing it that way. Now you got to get the right people in in play. And you could get people on a second go-around with a lot more experience in that respect. So I think that's the number one overriding thing is why are you trying to piece this thing together and keep somebody in the building that's been a part of just three wins, not great – talent evaluation not great talent acquisition i think it's got to be a flush in the building in a lot of respects after what's gone on over the last uh, 24 months or so here in jacksonville and so i don't understand it from that point only hire a head coach let him pick the gm or hire a gm let him pick the coach but find people that are going to work together Not somebody that you're really just keeping on board after these two years and then somebody else might want to work with him or might not. What if Jim Caldwell's your favorite, but he doesn't want to work with Trent Balkin? I don't know that to be the case. But if that is, then you're not getting your best candidate. And quite frankly, you might have the best job out there once again. You did last year. You do this year. Because of Trevor, because of the money, because of the picks, uh, you can make the case that this is a good job again. And so you want the best guy available to coach the team and i quite frankly don't know what trent balke has done to gm this team and earn the right to do it Uh, with all due respect to him he did it well for a few years he had some good personnel decisions as well in san francisco then it started to fade he was really out of the biz from that regard for a few years came in with jacksonville last year part of the dave caldwell administration and now this year held on by Urban Meyer and I just don't get why he has earned the right to be the GM. I mean, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'll throw the resume out there in a little bit, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And so that's got this town and this fan base up in arms. And quite frankly, it's got a lot of us up in arms. Uh this is about as vocal as I've been before a move has been made in a long time. Where I come from, hey, I said years ago, I think Gus Bradley should have got a fourth year the way they tried to really burn that thing to the ground in 13 and i thought he should have got another year i think blake bortles should have had some time at, at times when other people didn't like i've sat on that side of the hill before all right i'm telling on myself here i've sat on that side of the hill i am not on the hill here at all i'm on on the hill with with just about everybody else that says this doesn't make sense this is not a good move this is not a smart football decision this does not make you better down the road this does not turn the organization this is bad it's a bad idea uh, could you luck into something? Absolutely. We all could be wrong. Love to be wrong if it does end up happening. And I, I continue to say nothing personal against Trent Bulky. I hardly know the guy. But I just don't see this working out, and I don't think this is a sound business move for your franchise here in Jacksonville. Brent Martin here, Casey Kurtz there. Woo, well, Casey. You've been watching it all unfold. Yep. Is there anybody that's on the hill of, yeah, give Bulky a chance?
1: No, I haven't. I haven't seen much. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of of your tweets, which I thought has been interesting. Been following that roller coaster ride you've been on for a while, um, but yeah, haven't seen a lot of positive. Um, this is a good idea thing, but from my perspective as a Jags fan, par for the course. Just when you think things are going well for you, they're not. Yeah, and, and I guess that's one of my big
0: problems, Casey. Is I actually applauded the move from Shad Khan. Now, it was forced on him, and uh, not the bulky move here, yeah, the I Urban Meyer move. Mm-hmm. But I applauded the fact that, first of all, he tried to hit a home run with Urban. Yeah, he could have done his research more. Yeah, he could have been talked out of it. Yeah, he, he shouldn't have made the move in hindsight. It was a bad move, again. But, I applauded the idea of going for the home run. And I can't be hypocritical, because I said that back then. I thought, you know what, this might be a good idea. In hindsight, it was a terrible idea. The organization is worse off, worse off than it was a year ago. So shame on Urban Meyer for a lot of that. So I applaud Shad Khan for pulling the plug on it. Now, he might not have had a choice. Urban made his own bed in a lot of ways. But at least he didn't go down the road another year, or even two, because there was so much time and money left on the contract. So he blew it up. He pulled the plug. And so a couple of weeks after doing that and making the right call and us applauding him for that, and at least noti- noticing the error in judgment um, and not having too much ego involved in there as, as an owner and saying, well, oh, I'm going to stick this through. Now he decides to keep the GM that nobody else in the NFL would have as their general manager? Like, to me, that doesn't make sense. Like, the moves don't, don't balance each other out. They counterbalance each other. They're, they're, this is not the right way to go here. If you're go- they, they need to flush it. It's been three wins in two years. There's a lot of problems in there. There's dysfunction that Urban created, and maybe even Trent Balky created some, if you believe some people. So, what are we doing here? not with a franchise quarterback sitting in the building. You've already messed up his rookie year with all this stuff, and and now you don't want to rip it up and get good people, good football knowledge, uh, people that have seen it work in here. I mean, come on. you got to do that, not more dysfunction. And this isn't about the fans you know, winning a poll question, but it's pretty obvious that I think we're all right here. This is a bad idea. It's a bad move, Casey. Um, and I can't find anybody that thinks it, it's a good move. I, I don't see, I, I like to look about the other side, and I'm trying to think, okay, what reason would you give for trying to keep Trent Bulky around? And I know he had a few good years in San Fran with Harbaugh, and they obviously, his first three years there, go look at the record, It's terrific. And, and you can't just deny that happened, by the way. I understand you don't want him. you can't deny that it happened. But now if you look at the last five football seasons this man has been associated with, you'll see five different coaches, a lot of last place finishes, and not a lot of wins. What's the point of keeping that continuity around? There is no continuity. Trent Volke has had five different coaches in his last five seasons involved with an NFL team in San Francisco and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Five different coaches. Casey. Yeah. I, I mean, enough said, like, am I bringing that resume to the office, to the yacht, to the Kismet and saying, Hey, this is why I should be the GM.
1: I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, I, it just seems like a, a it's one of those no word situations. But to your point, I said this yesterday, when you, when you take over as the GM in 2011, if you're Trent Baalke in San Francisco, you have Alex Smith who is at the time, pretty well-regarded quarterback. He was, he was a good quarterback and you, like I said, you were picking in the low end or the, the higher end of the draft, if you will, depending on how you look at it, in the 20s and 30s, because you were a good football team. When you left, you were picking third overall. That is a problem. You, you had one good draft your first year. You, you lucked into Colin Kaepernick. That's great. You look past that, it's not good. The next year, you drafted A.J. Jenkins in the first round. Who the heck is A.J. Jenkins? Well, Michael James. From
0: Jacksonville, by the way.
1: Sorry if you're listening. My, my bad, but honestly, uh, and, and that's a wide receiver, by the way. So that, got it, that has to give you faith, drafting a receiver that you need in this upcoming draft. Woohoo! great. The next year, Eric Reed was a good pick. Okay, nothing exciting. The next year, Jimmy Ward is still there. That was a good pick. Carlos Hyde, eh, it is what it is. But when you look down, there's no difference makers in these drafts, and you wonder why you ended up in the third overall pick from the 30th overall pick.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what happened. I mean, it was a decline. Uh, but bigger than that, I, you know, listen, I've heard from people. I've talked to a lot of people now last couple of days and, and really last week about of this kind of situation or, or anything going on. And there are people that believe Trent Baalke is not a bad personnel guy. There's a difference between being a personnel guy and a GM in the NFL. There's a lot more that goes on in the GM department than it is just scouting and and bringing guys to the table from a personnel standpoint. I don't even know if we know all the things that go into that, but there's certainly a mesh that goes into it that says you could be a decent personnel guy or even a good personnel guy, which I think he had a decent career in San Francisco with some of the guys they drafted from, what was that, 2005 to 2011, and and he had a say in some of those. Uh, He wasn't the ultimate decision maker. But being a GM, even if you take those first few years, what you have is a trend of not so good. And I just can't get over the fact that you would go 2014 for, the, for Trent Baalke as a GM of San Francisco, and he would be with Jim Harbaugh. In 2015, he says goodbye, and they hire Tom Sula. That lasts a year. Next year, it's Chip Kelly. Then they say goodbye to Kelly and bulky he's out of the league for a few years he's under dave caldwell last year that's doug marone and that's really not bulky's fault but marone was a lame duck guy we knew it the whole time and he's out of there now bulky survives and he's the gm under urban meyer and what kind of shots is he even making in that relationship and now you're going to give them the keys to make the decision on the next hire and then all these draft picks and, and trying to turn the organization around, around a rookie talented quarterback, a second year guy in 2022, six coaches and six seasons as a GM or an assistant GM. We're signing up for that. Like, how can you sign up for that? I mean, how do you, it, what I would say is the trend in 2023 is either Balky's not going to be here or the head coach wouldn't be here.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and here's the thing. It's not like we're signing up for it. Nobody in the city wants this to happen, and it's going to happen because that's how business works. Obviously, I'm not I'm not advocating for the fans to be able to make the picks like we talked about uh, last week or even sign the free agents. But at the end of the day, you have to have your head in somewhat of a reality. And, yes, I, I don't think the fans should be making the decisions. I'm with that. But when every single person and somebody even like you or somebody – Uh, in the media that's been here a long time and has seen how this works and how it hasn't worked i think you at least have to look at that if you're making that decision and be like everybody hates this this is going to affect us long term selling tickets which is what matters to us and making money making revenue so i don't understand i i I don't know if you need a twitter account or maybe you need to follow the right people but everyone is upset about this no one is signing off on it and the jags fans are once again going to have to suffer and it's Uh, unfortunate
0: and here's the thing. The other part of what I just mentioned is Balky's outfits over those that stretch that I just shared with you has been dysfunctional. And I'm not sitting here and blaming Balky for it. Is it ironic? I don't know. Is he a bad judge of character? Maybe. But for some reason or another, Harbaugh, Sula, Kelly, Doug, and the whole Minshew stuff and everything that transpired last year, and Doug was probably the least of it, really, and now Urban Meyer... The last five five years of an organization that Trent Baalke's played a part in, it's been a dysfunctional mess. And you want that to continue? Like, you have to clean the dysfunction out of the building. Like, that's the whole idea. Hit the reset button, flush it, start over. Like, that is the idea of this move. That's why you get rid of Urban. That is why you need to nurture and develop this young quarterback in a setting that isn't like it was this year if you want to get the best out of him that's why you should be talking to important people around the NFL to ask them how do you do that that's why Jim Caldwell should be on your radar because he's a good man and a solid human being and you're probably not gonna have any of that crap in your building if you have him as the head coach or at least you hope you'll have less of it. All Shad Khan really had to do here is ask two people inside the building and two people outside the building if they thought this would be a good idea to keep Trent Balky around. And they would have said no, because I can't find anybody who would endorse it. Yeah. I cannot find anybody who would endorse this move. So did he make the move on his own? Or is somebody afraid to tell Shad Khan that this is probably not the best idea?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Let me ask you this. We when Urban was hired and he hired Chris Doyle, there was like a lot of backlash and then Urban let him go. Do you think, obviously totally different situation, Trambolke doesn't have any of that past following him, he just has a, a poor resume, as you would say. Do you see that being a case in this situation or with Shad Connie's just like, this is my decision, I'm sticking with it?
0: No, I think there's certainly, listen, they left, first of all, there's two things I think we have to be crystal clear about and we're all emotional about it. And we're all like, I can't believe this is happening. Well, it's not a done deal and there are outs, for Shad Khan. I don't think this was as Ben Becker told me, asked me today, is this a trial balloon? No. Uh, I don't think they're the best at read in the room sometimes, but I don't think this was a trial balloon. I think this was, hey, we've got a football guy that knows some football things. Shad knows he's not like this guru of football, and so he wants football people around him to make this important decision. This guy's just not the guy, <laughs> you know, right. to retain for the long term. So if you want football input, that's one thing. But don't Tell me that he's going to be around for the long term, he can be judged when the new coach is hired. And if that coach wants to work with him, that's fine. But but I do think it's we have to be a little bit careful from this standpoint. This is one report again, Ian Rappaport's very good, okay, he's very reliable. Somebody told him where did it come from, I can't figure out because I know Shad Khan well enough, I've covered Shad Khan well enough to know he's got a tight circle, he didn't leak this out. It's not a trial balloon. He didn't leak this out. Did Trent Bulkey leak it out? People have suggested. Why would he tell Ian Rappaport? How does that help him? I don't get how that helps him. But what Ian did say is retain. And while that does say, basically going into 2022, I do think there's a little bit of wiggle room to say we retained him through the end of the season, through the process, and the new guy comes in and says, hey, Trent, appreciate your work, man, but I don't want you in this role. I, I do think that opportunity exists. And then on top of it, I do think shot is hearing the noise. I think people are hearing the noise in the building over the last 24 hours. In fact, I know they are. And so there's plenty of time to kind of circle back on this and say, hey, we never issued a press release. We never said a statement that we're keeping, you know, Trent bulky. Mm-hmm. The report was erroneous. And I don't know where it came from. There's plenty of time for that to still happen. In fact, I anticipate at this stage, if you ask me, that's what will happen. Like, I still don't believe Trent Baalke is going to be the GM in 2022. Now, I might be in pure denial, but I don't believe he's going to be the GM in 2022.
1: It's interesting what you said there about Rappaport. And I was going to ask you this question as well. On Sunday, the first place that I saw James Robinson officially tore his Achilles was from Ian Rappaport, not the Jags PR Twitter. So... I guess my question that you can't answer is, who is talking to Ian Rappaport?
0: Well, you gotta, when you talk about players and even coaches and GMs, you go to agents first when you're talking to Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, and the like. Now, what usually happens is you'll see somebody report it with Rappaport, and then also Schefter will have it like five minutes later. Right. Right? Well, that's not the case with this. Right now, Ian Rappaport's a little bit on an island with this report. Nobody else is confirming it. Unless I missed something. I didn't see it. But I'm telling you, there was plenty of smoke this weekend with people we talked to that said this could be the case. And I don't know who the final, hey, Ian, this is happening was. Again, people have suggested it might be Balky himself. I don't buy that. I don't see what there is to gain by Balky doing that. In fact, if he did do it, and he's the one that leaked it out, he might have just made his own bet as not being the guy in 2022. So I think it would have been better to keep it under wraps and not get this kind of blowback, because I don't know how you wouldn't anticipate getting some blowback keeping anybody that's been in that building the last two years. Anybody. Yeah, I mean. Like anybody, especially in a decision-making role. And, and not that it was all Balky's fault. I think we have to clarify that. But still, uh, you, you, nobody was going to endorse here in Jacksonville and, and like the fact that anybody in a decision-making role was coming back outside of Shotcom. Uh, in 2022, so we knew how this would hit. The other thing I just tweeted this, and I, and I, I this was one that really gets me. And this is what I have a problem with with Bulky because I lived through it in the last regime, and Jags fans did too, and Shad did too. And shouldn't we learn from this? Trent Bulky was a GM from 2011 to 2016. He was then like a consultant of some kind from 17, 18, 19. He got back in a building here in Jacksonville and now he might be the gm in 2022 there is no other place there's no other franchise in the league that would hire trent bulky as the gm right now there's nobody there's a, plenty of good personnel people out there that have been gms before that would be in line ahead of bulky and so why is shod willing to go with a guy that nobody else would hire and by the way Shod has done this before tom coughlin came back in an executive vice president role Nobody else was hiring Tom in that role. Nobody. Right. Doug Marone was the head coach. And Doug might have eventually got a chance, but I don't think so. And at the time being, at the very least, when they hired him, nobody else in the NFL would have hired Doug Marone that year, except for the Jacks. And by the way, even Dave Caldwell, after the run with Gus Bradley, you could make the case that nobody was keeping Dave Caldwell in that role of GM. So he had three people in the building that nobody else in the NFL would have in that role. And what I said in the roles, what I said yesterday is you are either making a bad move or you think it's a genius move. Well, it didn't work out the last time. What have we learned from the last time to allow Balky to be here in a role that nobody else would hire him in that role for? We have to learn from the mistakes around here. It's been a terrible few-year run for the most part outside of 17. So, I, that's part like just baffles me that we we are not learning from some of the things that have happened, and I just refuse to believe this is all about money. Shad Khan, I think he wants to win. I I believe he wants to win. I believe you do. I mean, you're not just going to throw money out the window, but I believe. I mean, at this stage, if Balky's coming back for money, then maybe this entire staff's coming back because of the money. If that's the reason then why wouldn't the whole staff just come back and keep continuity with Bevel and Schottenheimer working with the young quarterback? And you just say Urban was the problem. Yeah, I mean... I mean, by the way, he's done that before with Gus, and I know he's got a lot of money tied up in these guys. I just refuse to believe this is a cheaping out thing. I don't believe that with shot. I think he wants to win too much, and, and somebody's got to tell him this isn't the right move. You've got to hit the reset button. And uh, i got to make it perfectly clear, man. I don't know Valky that well. I feel like I'm hammering a guy that I don't know. I feel a little uncomfortable doing that. I just feel like for this organization, for the people that work inside that organization, for the fans in the city, for the fans that root for the Jags, this is a bad move.
1: Like, this is a no-brainer bad move. Yeah. 100- don't do it. 100%. 100%. You can't don't watch what you watch on Sundays and think this is, this is going to fix itself.
0: Now, uh, we'll be back. Action Sports shacks on ESPN 690. Hey, we'll get your calls in a little bit later, 4 to 6, okay? 904-362-9901. Plenty of comments on social media. We'll get to them. We've got coaches that are listed in the hiring process. Jags have requested some interviews. But coming up next, uh, Tony Khan. We talk a little Jaguars and we talk a little AEW when we come back on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Hey, hey.
1: not going to get to it all right here, right now. But the good news is, is I got the time
0: I bet that sounds good to our next guest. uh, We welcome in All Elite Wrestling founder, CEO, and head of creative for all elite wrestling tony khan's action sports shacks on espn 690 we've had cm punk on in the past here on action sports shacks on espn 690 Uh, austin loves the wrestling stuff i I view it from a a different view a a little more of a fringe level casey kurtz is with us austin by the way is up in wisconsin he's like snowboarding tony so he won't be joining us but i've got like a list of questions about tomorrow's aew dynamite show to ask all right okay great well sounds good (laughs) hey man you uh you are involved in two very passionate fan bases you've got all elite wrestling we know the passion for it you've obviously uh got the jacksonville jaguars in the nfl and i know you feel the passion right now uh you talk a lot about this wrestling uh can i ask you real quickly uh there's reports about trent Buky being the next gm is anyone confirming that uh from the jags yet
2: I, I'm not sure. I'm I, uh, not sure exactly what is being confirmed. It's not really my place uh, to say uh, on those things with the Jaguars. Primarily what I focus on for the Jaguars is statistics. Um, I've been in charge of our analytics department since we created it uh, in 2012. This is my 10th season working on staff, And uh, so it's not really my place to speak on those things. I mostly focus on um analytics and primarily undrafted free agents uh, so a number of the players who've come in undrafted over the years I've, I've jumped on the phone and signed at the end of the draft often based on statistics a lot of great players for us over the years like uh, Corey Grant and more recently James Robinson at running back and a number of defensive backs including Jared Wilson, Trey Herndon, Brandon Rusnick have uh, all been here recently. Mike Hilton was not with team very long, but he was a player I really liked and got cut from here and has had a really good career in the NFL since. So, um, I've mostly, uh, worked on the staff, but, uh, whereas at AEW, I make all the decisions and I'm in charge of everything. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and, uh, we've got a great, uh, show lined up for the fans here in Jacksonville. You know, Jacksonville has been the home of AEW, um, primarily, especially through the p- pandemic. Jacksonville was the only place we did any shows for over a year we've gone back on the road and had this really successful year we've been the number one show on television uh, on Wednesday for many many weeks Uh, had a great run of consecutive number ones last week we were number two on all of uh, cable TV and satellite TV Wednesday only behind the bowl game on ESPN uh, which is you know to be competing up there at the top of the charts and ranking there only behind the, the big college bowl game that's pretty great and so we've got a lot of success with it here in jacksonville
0: yeah no doubt it's tony con with us yeah. here on action yeah. sports yeah. x on the uh, espn 690 tony how i mean i think i asked you this few weeks back i uh, saw you at one of the games and said "Has this blown away what your expectation was when you started this thing or, or? Uh, is this on track for what you thought it was, especially with the television ratings and the television deals and, and the hype around the product that you, you've
2: helped create. Uh, it's definitely exceeded my expectations. I had very high expectations, but this year we grew more and faster than ever before, uh, we do quarterly pay-per-view events and, and a lot of them have been here in Jacksonville and this year our four events. Were the four biggest events we've ever done, and in particular, the past two shows are the two biggest we've ever done. Uh, so it's it's really uh, a great great year for us uh, on TV and on pay per view. We also added a second TV series, uh, AEW Rampage, which is on Friday nights. So now we have Dynamite on Wednesday nights and Rampage on Friday nights. It's also a very special week for us because. We've been on TNT this whole time, and Rampage is gonna stay on TNT going forward and for a long time. Whereas Dynamite, after a few years on TNT, tomorrow is the last show ever on TNT before we move to TBS. It's been an amazing run, and it's been a huge part of our lives, and we're gonna go out with an amazing show at Daly's Place here in Jacksonville. It's a very safe way to watch the show, uh, through the pandemic, we had all the shows at Daly's Place. And because it's an outdoor venue, and with all the precautions we've taken, we have never had a known COVID transmission in, in, with the fans at AEW at Daly's Place, which is something I'm really proud of. Uh, with outdoor seating, there's 99% less, less risk of transmission, which is why it's been a safe venue for the fans doing it outdoors with the roof over our heads, the best of both worlds. And we'll continue doing that and and doing it tomorrow. And it's just been a great venue. Daily Place in Jacksonville has been a great home for us. Most of the episodes of AEW have actually been in Jacksonville. About 60% of the shows we've done since we started have been in Jacksonville. We've been on the road now for about six months. And it's great to come back to Jacksonville and do the last ever show on TNT here there's a lot of AEW fans around here and again that is AEW is something I am completely in charge of and and can make all decisions and I strongly wanted to bring AEW back to Jacksonville and make sure the last show on TNT was here for the fans who supported us this whole time.
0: Yeah, Tony Khan with us. A couple of those fans are on our show, by the way. Austin Lane, again, he's not here today, but Casey Kurtz, our producer, he'll probably jump in and ask you something uh, more specific about the show uh, coming up. But uh, could you have gone on it, through the pandemic and everything without Jacksonville? I mean, is, is did it just happen that you had a place and you were able to keep it floating, or would you have found something different? Uh, so in, in that regard, like how important is the Jacksonville tie and this kind of being the home of, of AEW
2: for you? It's hugely important. The connection we have with Jacksonville and AEW, Uh, the company survived and grew while we were here in Jacksonville. And thanks to the great support from the local fans, it uh, kept us going. And absolutely, they were critical to the company and have been critical. You know, the first time we ever announced AEW being launched was here in Jacksonville almost three years ago. Uh, Three years ago, I guess just over a week from now. So we're coming up on our three-year anniversary of, of announcing the company, and we've been on TV just over two years. And the most of our best successes have been here in Jacksonville, honestly. So many of our greatest triumphs. Uh, we've celebrated, uh, the, honestly, we celebrated the life of the late, great Brody Lee here, which was probably the most emotional show we've done. And the company's grown so much. But since we've been on the road, we've expanded further. And this is the first time we've come back to Jacksonville since CM Punk came into AEW. And this will be the first chance the fans have had to see CM Punk live in person. It'll be the first time the AEW fans have gotten to see Adam Cole since he signed in AEW. And it'll be the first time the Jacksonville fans see Adam Cole wrestle in Daly's place, which will be very special. And it'll also be making a debut along with his Former partners are reunited with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, who's just making his AEW debut period. He's never wrestled in AEW before this. So, lots of exciting stuff on the show, and it'll also be the first time we've ever filmed a Friday night show, uh, AEW Rampage. We're going to take that uh, after Dynamite, which will also be a first, and then that show is going to air Friday night on New Year's And you know, I, again, this is a huge show for us, and I wanted to make sure to do it in Jacksonville because, you know, it, it's important for AEW to keep Jacksonville at the top of our priorities because Jacksonville has been so supportive of AEW from the very beginning.
1: Absolutely, and Tony, you mentioned right there CM Punk, which is a great lead into my question, and I've been wondering this, obviously a lot of people have since August, how were you able to do what nobody else has been able to do for seven years? And that's bring CM Punk back into wrestling.
2: Well, you know, you guys know me a little bit, Brent. You've known me for years and, and Austin is not here, but Austin's known me a long time. and used to play for the Jaguars and, and known uh, you known me since I was honestly a kid. And I think I've built a good reputation for being trustworthy and honest. And AEW had been very successful. So, it, it wasn't a startup company. And when I first approached and he was very cordial. And, you know, we ended up not reaching an agreement the first time I approached him because we were a startup company. And he wanted to see uh, the growth I was talking about. And I don't think he was ready to necessarily be the guinea pig for a startup. And we had a really successful launch and I think exceeded all reasonable expectations. And we built a good relationship, and it was through the pandemic where we stayed in touch. And he you know I'm an honest person, and he built something really cool here. And I think not only did he want to be a part of the cool thing we built with AEW and the fans, but he trusted me, and he knew I wasn't going to try and screw him over and uh, that this was going to be a fair deal and that this would be the best place for him to
0: come wrestle and so that's how i did it tony khan with us on action sports jackson espn 690 all elite wrestling founder ceo and head of creative does a lot pulls all the (laughs) shots everything that gets done with aew has a role in and he calls all the shots aew dynamite in jacksonville uh coming up tomorrow night uh brent martino casey kurtz as well you know you you do call the shots. You've done a good job, a great job with the wrestling outfit. I mean, to, to do what you guys have done in three years and to put this on the map and, and the trajectory is great. I, I can't help but ask you, and know, I would ask you this regardless of what's going on these last couple of days, can you transfer that decision-making over to the football side of things, Tony? Uh, should you take more Why Well, I do.
2: I'm, I'm the general manager of the Portland Football Club and the director of football at the Portland Football Club. And... Uh, we're having a great season right now. Uh, we're trying to get back up to the Premier League. We've got a, a new head coach who I feel really strongly about, who we interviewed through the pandemic, and I really enjoy working with him. And We have a great relationship, a great uh, GM-head coach relationship. And, you know, so I do think it translates over to the football side, and I'm still very active in analytics on that Side of football also, and so uh, you know, absolutely, it is possible. And I think for us, compared to where the club was when I did take over five years ago, we're in a much better position now. Uh, when I taken over the football club, they were in the second division, and they were heading down to the third division. The way things are going, uh, the bottom three teams in the second division go to the third division. And we had finished near the bottom twice and narrowly avoided the drop two consecutive years The third division. And that was a nightmare scenario for me. And so um, I asked to to take control of the transfers and uh, brought in 14 new players in the summer of 2016, which for a club the size of Fulham and for really any English football club, the way that the squads are composed, that's a huge turnover. And in our starting 11, often in 2016-17, there would be eight or nine players in there that hadn't featured the year before and were new acquisitions. So we made a ton of changes, and we went from 20th in the league to 6th and went from almost going to the 3rd Division to all kinds of the playoffs in the first year. And then the second year, we got promoted. uh, And then my third year was... It was really rough, and uh, we didn't do a good enough job, and we got relegated, and um, I resolved that we, I would do everything I could to get the team back up by making smart acquisitions and trying to manage the squad and, and the composition of, of, of our squad. They don't call it a roster in England, so I almost call it my saying <laughs> roster. Um, and uh, and then, you know, we, we, were, we got back up, and then this past year, um, for a variety of reasons, I do believe the squad was good enough and talented enough to stay up, and we didn't. But uh, now we have to get up again. We, we've been at or near the top of the table uh, for most of this season. Uh, we were at the top of the table going into this week, and then our, our matches have been postponed. So we've had two straight matches postponed. So right now we, we, are not set. we are second in points, but we have a few games in hand to make up those points. And get back to the top of the table, and hopefully go back up. So I do think it is possible to translate those things, and I've done a, a good job translating them. I honestly believe at Fulham, uh under very challenging circumstances.
0: You know how desperate this fan base is in Jacksonville. Do you feel a pull to maybe do more and help more inside the Jags because of your successes I in really the other?
2: Enjoy it. I, mean, it's, yeah, I enjoy the things I, I do now, and I'm I'm grateful that I can still help the organization and try and find players uh, undrafted, and, and the analytics has a huge role in football, we all know, and we built a great team of people that are uh, in the office and, and trying to provide work products to personnel and coaching, so um, I, I'm very focused on it, and, you know, I'm, I'm always here for the city of Jacksonville and whatever my dad needs me to do.
0: Will you sit in on uh, head coaching hire at all, or, or is that not your,
2: your role I, at all? Generally have been around for the interviews and sat in on the interviews, but you know, my dad's going to make the decisions and he is the decision maker. And, uh, I, he cares a lot about the city of Jacksonville and he cares about the fans. He's been very patient at times. And, uh, I know he hasn't always been rewarded for being patient, but I, that's the kind of person he is. And he's a very loyal person. Um, and, and, you know, that's, it's often a good quality. And yeah, I, 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 I do think, you know, it's I, something that people in the league really respect about him internally. is He's always been very loyal to people.
0: Yeah, I think that respect certainly is there. Tony Khan with us. All right, two more. One wrestling, uh, one last football. Give, give the fans something about Trevor Lawrence. What are you saying in the building? What, analytically, what did you see this year? Give us something with Trevor Lawrence. I know it's another tough football season, but is this guy going to work the way your organization thought he would?
2: I absolutely do think Trevor is going to be a great player. Uh, whether it's the analytics or scouting, there are a number of really positive things about Trevor, both as a college prospect and now uh, in his first year in the NFL. Uh, I thought uh, just in this, this past week he did a lot of great things in the game. Uh, and and really, uh, he's making strides as a player. I know sometimes the fans... Um, want to see you know instant gratification, but with a young quarterback coming into the NFL, I, I think the most important thing is you know giving, making sure that our coaching staff uh, is giving him the best opportunity to develop for the future, and that'll be something really important for us to focus on. You know, as, as dad makes that decision going forward about who is going to be coaching the team.
0: All right, I got a fun one to end with. All right, Uh, Austin and I had a little bet going uh, a few weeks back or a couple months back. Uh, I said I would go through a table because Bills fans go through tables if the Jags beat the Bills. So the Jags beat the Bills, so now I have to go through a table. I haven't done it yet, but I figure you're a good person to talk to. Any any lessons I can get, any training, I could go down to Daly's place and maybe get a, a, a tip or two about how to go through a table like the wrestlers
2: do. Well, we could give you some advice. The most important thing, I think, would be to tuck your chin uh, when you're doing it, please. If you're going to do it, I would ask you not to do it, seriously. Uh, But if you did have to go through a table, Brent, I would say definitely tuck your chin if you're going to go through it. And if you do need any advice or any lessons on it, um, you know, we can. We're happy to teach you if you want to come down to Daily's Place. Um, the best way to go through the table. All right. The, the one catch, by the
0: way, is Austin's going to throw me through the table, so it really has a wrestling twist to it. Uh, it, it well, it, if
2: it's going to have a wrestling twist to it, that makes it that much more important, that if, especially if you're going to land on your back, that you tuck your chin down uh, against your chest so you don't crack the back of your head or hurt yourself when you land, please. Yeah, I do need to be on TV. Not, for a, not that I'm encouraging you to do it. I, would, I, would, I think it would be better if you did.
1: <laughs> Tony, I'm not going to lie. We need him to do it. He said he was going to do it. We've been waiting months. He's been pushing it off. Uh, that's great advice. He's going to need it because I promise you at some point you're going to go on Twitter and Brent's going to be going through a table.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll be looking out for it. Uh, just, uh, I hope it goes safely. And Austin is actually a trained professional. So, you know, that's a good person to be doing it. But uh, it's a steep drop from up there because Austin's a big guy. So hopefully. Uh, You guys will come up with
0: something safe. Hey, man, have an awesome show tomorrow night. Thanks for coming on, answering some football questions during this time and also uh, talking about what has been a tremendous success in AEW, continued success in 2022. And we obviously, a lot of people around here, uh, look forward to seeing what happens with the Jags coming up as well.
2: Thank you very much, Brent. I'm sure I'll see you soon and give my best to Austin. Hopefully I'll see a lot of you great fans tomorrow night at Daly's Place at AEW. Thank you all for everybody who's ever come to an AEW show in Jacksonville. It means a lot. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Happy New Year. Thank you, Brent. See you,
0: buddy. All right. That's uh, Tony Khan, All Elite Wrestling Founder, CEO, and head of creative, obviously involved with the Jags from an analytical standpoint, uh, in charge of putting together the roster at Fulham. You heard him. Uh, And, uh, you know, he he certainly is is going to... um, defer to his dad who's running the football side of things but it does make you think he's had success at these other spots could he be more involved and, and, and analytics is a big part of it by the way uh, in nfl organization uh, a lot to digest of course coming from tony khan but uh, first and foremost uh cm punk ryan danielson adam cole uh number one spot on cable six wednesdays in a row on tnt with aew Dynamite got another show tomorrow. The finale on TNT. It moves to TBS on January fifth. And uh, Jackson goes home for AEW. And it's been an unbelievable three-year run uh, for what All Elite Wrestling has done. And by the way, Casey, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully it's been an unbelievable run for us too. We we're born about the same time. My guess is All Elite Wrestling is making a little more money and doing a little bit better than ESPN 690. But yeah, yeah. we're going on the same at least anniversaries. We got that in common.
1: Well, you know, Brent, some would say you got the CM Punk of producers when you hired me. <laughs> yes. So it, it took two and a half years in. But But, I got, but listen, right. you know what I mean? You're <laughs> yeah. making moves. AEW making moves. Uh, it's it, 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 it seems like we're right in line with them. But they might have a little more of a uh, profit margin than ESPN 690, but we'll get there one day.
0: Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you missed the top of the interview, uh, Tony Khan did not confirm or deny Trent Balky being back. So what I would say is we still don't have any official word from the Jacksonville Jaguars organization on on what is happening there. He did defer and, and, and basically said he wasn't involved in the, those decisions. Um, let's talk a little bit more about what Tony said and what's next for the Jags. We have a long list of – candidates that are now going to be interviewed it looks like or at least it's reported on again these continue to be reports but it's uh, a big talker here in Jacksonville with Trent Baalke likely being retained in 2022 and helping hire this next coach Uh, also let's get your thoughts 904-362-9901 anything uh, that you have in mind off what Tony said or or just coming into the day anyway phone lines always open here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 904-362-9901 and plenty of reaction on social media it's all on the way as our 4 o'clock hour hits, live from Columbus, Ohio, all the way to Jacksonville, Florida, it's Action Sports jacks on ESPN 690.